الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا من سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Mentioned, and from amongst the things that the Sheikh mentioned, 
is the linguistic meaning of Al-Arsh, that it means the special place of sitting of the king. And there has been mentioned in the Qur'an in a number of places with different descriptions, Al-Arsh Al-Azim, the Supreme or Great Arsh, Al-Arsh Al-Majid, the Noble Arsh, and Al-Arsh Al-Kareem, the, uh, the Glorious Arsh and the Noble Arsh. And the Shaykh also mentions that there is a difference between Al-Kursi and Al-Arsh, and mentioning some of the hadith concerning them, including the statement of Ibn Abbas, which is attributed to himself, attributed to Ibn Abbas, not attributed to the Prophet Wasallam, that the Kursi is the place of the two feet, and the Arsh, no one can estimate its capacity, or its greatness, or its vastness. And the hadith which has been attributed to the Prophet Wasallam, in which he said that the seven heavens and the seven earths, in comparison to the Kursi, in comparison to the Kursi, the seven heavens and the earth is just like a small metal ring thrown in the desert. That's how great is the Kursi. While the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is superior and greater than the Kursi, just as the desert is greater than a metal ring thrown in it. Yani the Kursi is greater than the heavens and the earth, similar to the way that the desert is greater than a small ring thrown in the desert, and the Arsh of Allah is greater than the Kursi in a similar way. These are some of the proofs of the difference between the Kursi and the Arsh, and also we mentioned last week as Sifa al-Rabi Ashara, the 14th Sifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-Ulu, sublimity or highness or loftiness or exaltedness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from once the proofs the Shaykh mentions in his explanation, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 255, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-Ali, the most high, or he is the high and the supreme. And also the saying of the Prophet ﷺ in the Salat when he was in sujood, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, Al-A'la, the Most High. And also he says that the scholars from the first generations of the Muslims, the Salaf, they have reached consensus or ijma' upon confirming Al-Ulu, highness or loftiness as a characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and therefore we should also confirm it without making tahrif, any distortion of its meaning, and without ta'atil, emptying it or negating its meaning, and without taqif or tamthil, explaining the how of it or making examples for it. Then the Shaykh said that this characteristic, the sifa of al-ulu, it is divided into two parts, ulu as-sifa and ulu as-zat, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his characteristics or his sifa, they are high, they are without any imperfection or incompleteness. That means his characteristics are all perfect and high. As well as Allah's that, his person, his being is also high above all of the creation. And here Allah Ibn Qudama mentioned a number of proofs and Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen also mentioned additional proofs. And finally we close with the point number 20, the statement of Imam Malik ibn Anas, Rahimahullah the Imam of the people of Medina, in which it, it was said to him, O Abu Abdullah, Ar-Rahman ala al-Arsh istawa, the ayah from Quran, Surah Al-Taha, chapter 20, verse 5, how is this istawa? And Al-Imam Malik, rahimahullah, said, al-istawa ghayra majhoon, that istawa is not unknown. One of the narrations, al-istawa ma'loon, the exact same meaning, but in a different way of saying it, 
that al istiwa the assuming of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is moon, meaning in the Arabic language, its meaning is moon. There's no unclarity about it. For case, ghayra ma'aqool, the how of it though, is not possible for the human beings to understand. Let's see when get the handouts. Wal iman bihi wajib, and to believe in it is obligatory, because it has been reported in the Qur'an as well as in the authentic Sunnah, therefore it's obligatory on the believers to believe in it and to confirm it. Was su'al anhu bid'ah, and to ask about it, is innovation. Then he ordered that man to be brought and to be put out of the masjid. And this uh, statement of Al-Imam Malik is a clarification and a demonstration of the minhaj or the methodology of the Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah concerning how we understand the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We affirm whatever has been confirmed by Allah in His book or on the tongue of His Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi without explaining the how of it and without making tamthir or tashbih, making comparison or examples between Allah and the creatures. Uh, and at the same time, while we confirm it, its meaning, being known in the Arabic language as it was revealed in the Qur'an to the Arab, to the Quraysh, and it was known what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was describing himself with in the clear Arabic language, but at the same time the how of it, or the reality of how Allah's characteristics are, this is only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And some of the scholars said that similarly, as we confirm Allah's existence, Allah's being is that, and we don't know the how or the reality of his divine being, so also his sifat, we confirm them without knowing the reality or the how of them. This evening we'd like to continue from Lumat al-Atiqad or the explanation of Lumat al-Atiqad al-Hadi ila Sabil al-Rashad with point number 21 the saying of Al-Imam ibn Qadama وصفات الله تعالى ومن صفات ومن صفات الله تعالى أنه متكلم بكلام قديم. There are amongst the صفات of Allah سبحانه وتعالى amongst his characteristics is that he is متكلم that he speaks that he speaks بكلام قديم. Meaning of كلام قديم it means that Allah's speaking. His ability to speak, it is something that was always with him. And it, it's not something that he began to do or became capable of doing at some point. But it is with him eternally. He was always يعني, described by this characteristic of speaking. And then Al-Qadam says concerning the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يُسْمِعُهُ مِنْهُ مِنْ مِنْ خَلْقِهِ that whoever he wills from amongst his creatures hears it, he calls them to hear it, to hear his speech. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes whoever he wills from amongst his creatures to hear his speech. سَمِعَهُ مُوسَى عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ مِنْهُ مِنْ غَيْرِ وَاسِطَةِ That Musa, the Messenger of Allah alayhi salam, he heard the speech of Allah مِنْ غَيْرِ وَاسِطَةِ Without any intermediary between him and Allah. يعني he heard the speech of Allah Directly. وَسَمِعَهُ Jibril عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ And also the angel Jibril heard Allah's speech. وَمَنْ أَمِنَ لَهُ مِنْ مَلَائِكَتِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ 
and also whoever Allah allows from amongst his angels and amongst his messengers. He allow whoever he wills from amongst them, he causes them to hear his speech. Here Sheikh Muhammad Ibn Salih Uthaymeen mentions concerning the statement by Imam Ibn Qadamah Mutakallim bikalamin qadim that he is a speaker with ancient speech he said the meaning of this it means qadim al-naw hadith al-ahad that speech as a characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with him always it was always with him Though he might speak at any time that he wills to any one of his creatures that he wills with individual speech that came at that time, but speech as a characteristic of Allah was with him always. While from time to time, as he wills, he may speak to any of his creatures from amongst his angels or prophets or whoever he wills at any time that he wills. So there are speeches of two types, the speech of Allah, that which he was always described with eternally and that which he is described with from time to time as he speaks to the angels or he speaks to the prophets or whoever he desires or wills to speak to. Uh, and he said that this, this meaning of Kalam Qadim, it is the only meaning that can be acceptable that would be in accordance with the madhab of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Even if it might appear that the meaning of this statement is that the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is qadim and naw wal ahad. Yani even if someone might understand from this that the speech of Allah, that al-Imam al-Qudama, even if someone might think that he means here that the speech of Allah is as a characteristic and that his actual speaking was in the ancient time, but it's not that he does not speak now, even if someone might understand that this is rejected because the madhab of the Ahl al-Sunnah is that the speech of Allah as a characteristic was always with him and that he speaks whenever he wills at any time that he continues to speak to his creatures from time to time and that he will speak to his creatures on Yom Qiyamah he will speak to the believers and they will speak to him uh, then the Shaykh says also concerning point number 21 the statement of Al-Imam Ibn Qudama that Musa salam heard Allah's speech without any intermediary between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said this is based on the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Taha chapter 20 verse 13 وَأَنَا أَخْتَرْتُكَ فَاسْتَمِعْ لِمَا يُحَى that I have chosen you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa I have chosen you so listen to what is being revealed this is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Musa this is the proof of what Al-Imam Ibn Qudana says that Musa heard the speech of Allah without an intermediary that Allah spoke to him directly and also concerning the statement of Al-Imam Ibn Sudan rahimahullah his statement was Sunyahu Jibreel السلام, that also Jibreel heard it, heard the speech of Allah he said the proof of this is in Surah Al-Nahl chapter 16 verse 102 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nazzalahu that the spirit Ar-Ruh Al-Quddus that is the spirit the angel Jibreel that he has descended with it from your Lord and he descended with the revelation or the speech that was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
And also, the Sheikh says concerning the saying of Al-Imam Ibn Qudama rahimahullah, وَمَنْ أَذِنَ لَهُ مِنْ مَلَائِكَتِهِ وَالرُّسُلِهِ And also, whoever Allah wills, or whoever Allah allows to hear his speech, then they would also hear it, whether angels or messengers. As for the proof of the angels hearing the speech of Allah, it is uh, reported in the Sahih of Muslim, the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَكِنْ رَبُّنَا إِذَا قَضَى أَمْرًا صَبَّحَ حَمَلَةُ الْعَرْشِ ثُمَّ يُصَبِّحُ أَحْلُ السَّمَاءِ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ حَتَّى يَبْلُغْ التصبيح أحل السماء الدنيا that whenever our Lord decrees a matter those angels who are carrying the arsh they declare his praise saying subhanallah sabbaha hamalat al-arsh then when they do so the angels or the, or the inhabitants of the heavens who are following or who are beneath the carriers of the arsh they also glorify Allah, declaring His, perfe- his perfection. Until the angels in succession, those who are after lower and lower, until they successively declare the praise of Allah, until the angels of Asma'at Dunya, the heaven that is above this world, until they also declare the tasbih of Allah, فَيَقُولُ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَ حَمَلَةُ الْأَرْشِ لِحَمَلَةِ الْأَرْشِ مَاذَا قَالَ رَبُّكُمْ مَاذَا قَالَ رَبُّكُمْ At that point, those angels who are below or who are following the carriers of the arsh, they said to the angels who are carrying the arsh, مَاذَا قَالَ رَبُّكُمْ What has your Lord said? What is it that caused them to say, Subhanallah? What is it? And this is mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Saba, chapter 20, uh, verse 23. Uh, فَيُخْبِرُونَهُمْ Then they inform them of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had said, yani what He had ordered to be done. And whenever Allah decrees the matter, the first angels who hear about it are the angels who are carrying the throne, and then they glorify Allah, and those following them glorify Allah, until finally those who are following them ask, what is it that your Lord has said? And they inform them of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. This is a proof, as reported in the Sahih Muslim, that the angels, that some of the angels of Allah, angels of Allah, hear his speech. As for the messengers, the proof of this is that not only Musa, but even the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa heard the speech of Allah as it is reported uh, in the, or as it is confirmed that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa in Laylatul Mi'raj. In Laylatul Mi'raj. That's when he ascended to the seven heavens and beyond the furthest low tree that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to him and from amongst the things that he spoke to him concerning was the prescription or the ordaining of the prayers, the daily prayers. And this is reported in the hadith of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu uh, in both al-Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, then al-Imam ibn Qudama in point number 22 says وَإِنَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ يُكَلِّمُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَيُكَلِّمُونَهُ And also that Allah subhanahu that He will speak He will speak to the believers in the next life in the hereafter and they will speak to Him 
وَيَأْذَنْ لَهُمْ فَيَزُورُونَهُمْ And he will also give them permission or allow them and they will visit him. And they, that is the believers, will visit him. And the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih says concerning the first statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will speak to believers in the next life and they will speak to him. Concerning this, he says that in the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, رضي الله عنه it is reported that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said يقول, يقول الله لأهل الجنة that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to the people of Jannah يا أهل الجنة all people or inhabitants of Jannah فيقولون لبيك ربنا وسعديك when they will answer they will speak back to Allah saying لبيك ربنا وسعديك until we are at your call or at your service or at your command this hadith is also reported in both Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Concerning the statement of Al-Imam Ibn Qudama, Rahimahullah, وَيَعْذِنْ لَكُمْ فَيَزُرُونَهُ And Allah will allow or give permission to them and they will visit him. This is actually based on the hadith that is reported in the Sunan of At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah, uh, which has been declared to be da'if or weak and it is a hadith reported on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said inna ahl al-jannah idha dakalu fiha nazalu bifadli a'amalihim that when the people of jannah enter it if they enter the paradise or when they enter it that each one would take their place according to the virtues of their actions according to their deeds thumma yu'zanu lahum فِي مِقْدَارِ يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ مِنْ أَيَّامِ الدُّنْيَا فَيَزُورُونَ رَبَّهُمْ Then permission would be given to them in the, a day that would be similar or equal to يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ of the days of, the, of this world. I mean like يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ is in our time now there will be a day such or similar to that in that day Allah will give permission for them and they would visit their Lord. This hadith has been declared by Shaykh al-Albani Rahimahullah to be Ta'if. In any case, uh, the Shaykh goes on uh, in his discussion, uh, or Al Imam ibn Qadama goes on after point number 22 to mention some evidences for his statement of the, concerning the establishment or the confirmation of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from amongst the proofs that he mentions, uh, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nisa chapter 4 verse 164 وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa with real speech with real speech and also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf chapter 7 verse 144 يَا مُوسَى that verily, O Musa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him, O Musa, verily I have chosen you, selected you above all other people, all of the people, all of men, with my messages, and with my speech. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has delivered his message to Musa as a prophet and a messenger, and he has also favored him or chosen above other people in that he spoke to him directly. 
Also, the Sunni of Allah Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 253, Allah. And from amongst them is he who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken to. And as well, the Sunni of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Shura, chapter 42, verse 51, وَمَا كَانَ لِبَشَرٍ يُكَلِّمَهُ اللَّهِ And it is not right or it is not expected that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would speak to any human being. Allah would not speak to any human being إِلَّا وَحْيًا Except in three ways. Except in three ways. One is by inspiration that Allah reveals directly to the heart of His Prophet or Messenger. أَوْ مِنْ وَرَاءِ hijabin, Or from behind a screen. That Allah speaks to them from behind a screen. أَوْ يُرْسِلَ رَسُولًا Or that He sends to them a messenger, meaning the angel Jibreel. فَيُوْحِيَ بِإِذْنِهِ مَا شَاءَ إِنَّهُ عَلِيٌّ حَكِيمٌ Then it is revealed by his permission, by the mission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever he wills, it is revealed. Verily he is عَلِيٌّ the most high, حَقِيمٌ the most wise. And these types of revelation uh, are also mentioned, that is, the revelation coming directly or the revelation coming through a messenger, and the angel Jibril being sent to the Prophet, is also mentioned in the description of the types of revelation that came to the Prophet in the Hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari in volume 1, Hadith number 2, and in the chapter of how revelation began. The types, two types, two of the types of revelation are mentioned in this Hadith as a confirmation. One of them is that Allah speaks to the people or to those who He selected from amongst Prophets and Messengers, by revelation, inspiration coming to their heart, and the other one is from behind a screen. And from behind the screen, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as He spoke to Musa directly, yani directly, but what is between them is the veil, the veil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is a nur, light. Also, a proof of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al Imam ibn Qudama mentions, the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Taha, chapter 20, verse 11 and 12, فَلَمَّا أَتَاهَا مُوْدِيَا يَا مُوسَى إِنِّي أَنَا رَبُّكَ That when he, that is Musa, came to the fire, فَلَمَّا أَتَاهَا When he came to it, to the fire, مُوْدِيَا He was called. He was called out to him, يَا مُوسَى He was called out by his name, O Musa, إِنِّي أَنَا رَبُّكَ Verily, I am your Lord. And also, the thing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Taha, verse 14, chapter 20, verse 14, the thing of Allah, innani ana Allah, verily, definitely, I am Allah, la ilaha illa ana, and there is nothing that deserves to be worshipped except me, fa'budni. So worship, so I order you to worship me. فَعَقِنِ الصَّلَاةِ لِذِكْرِي So perform the prayers for my remembrance. And here Al-Imam Ibn Qudana says, وَغَيْرُ جَائِسِ أَنْ يَقُولَ هَذَا أَحَدٍ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ And it is not possible or permissible that anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could say such a statement. إِنَّنِي أَنَا اللَّهِ Can anyone other than Allah say, I am Allah? لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا There is nothing that should be worshipped except me. فَعَبُدْنِي so worship me. This is not the speech of an angel. It's not the speech of any creature. It cannot be anything except 
the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Here, uh, we should pay careful attention due to يعني, the clarity of this statement which refutes those who deviate and denies the confirmation of speech as a characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and these ayats and particularly this last ayat it is very clear that this is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then uh, Al-Imam Ibn Qadama goes on in point number 23 and he mentions وَقَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنِ مَسْعُودِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ إِذَا تَكَلَّمَ اللَّهِ بِالْوَحْيِ That whenever Allah speaks through revelation سَمِعَ سَوْتَهُ أَهْلُ السَّمَاءِ Then the inhabitants of the heavens, the angels they hear his sawt, his voice they hear the voice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whenever he speaks with revelation the inhabitants of the heavens hear his voice رَوَى ذَلِكَ عَنَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ This has been, or he reported this, Abdul Mas'ul reported this from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and some of the scholars pointed out and made clear that narrations have come from Abdullah ibn Mas'ul رضي الله عنه both مرفوعن يعني attributed to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and موقوفن attributed to Abdullah ibn Mas'ul himself نعم and both of them are sahih they are authentic narrations reported موقوف he didn't say the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said it he just said it as a statement but we know that such a statement cannot be known by ijtihad or through any means except revelation therefore it had to come from the Prophet and the proof of that is that it has also been reported on other occasions that when he made such a statement he attributed it to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam here Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen comments upon this particular hadith hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ul radiallahu anhu that when Allah speaks by revelation the inhabitants of the heavens hear his voice and he says that this report or this narration of Ibn Mas'ud he said I didn't find it with this exact wording or this expression but he says that Ibn Khuzayma in his book Kitab al-Tawheed has mentioned many chains of, narrate, chains of narration concerning this report from Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud in his book al-Tawheed, Kitab al-Tawheed with various expressions and from amongst those expressions that came in his book in the Kitab al-Tawheed attributed to Abdul Mas'ud is Samiya Ahlu Samawati Lis Samawati Salsalatun that the inhabitants of the heavens that they hear a clinking or rattling or clashing or ringing sound and that ringing sound is a description of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then the shaykh says as for that which has been attributed directly to the Prophet not as a statement of Abdul ibn Mas'ud he said it is the hadith of Nawaz and Nawaz ibn Sam'an marfu'an attributed directly to the Prophet that he said إِذَا رَضَ اللَّهِ intends to reveal any particular command تَكَلَّمَ بِالْوَحْيِ then he speaks through revelation فَإِذَا تَكَلَّمَ أَخَذَتْ السَّمَوَاتُ مِنْهُ رَجْفَةً أَوْ قَالَ رَعْدَةً شَدِيدَةً مِنْ خَوْفِ اللَّهِ and if Allah speaks then the heavens tremor or shudder or shiver or shake a serious shaking from the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
فإذا سمي ذلك أهل السماوات صعقوا أو صعقوا and if the inhabitants of the heavens hear that speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he intends to speak by revelation then they fall down unconscious from the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this hadith has been reported by a number of scholars including Ibn Khuzayma and Ibn Abi Hatim and it is Sahih it is also authentic as mentioned by Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah in his book Al-Sinsila Al-Ahadith Al-Sahiyya Hadith number 1293 uh, then Al-Imam Ibn Qadama mentions as further proof of the characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kalam or speech رضي الله عنه from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that he said يحشر يحشر الله الخلائق on some of the narrations الناس والعباد that Allah سبحانه وتعالى will collect or gather up all of the creatures all of the people all of his servants يوم القيامة on the day of resurrection أراتا naked حفاتا barefooted غرلا uncircumcised وبهمن بهمن بهمن it means something that speaks unintelligibly that you cannot understand and it's ambiguous speech but actually the meaning of this word has been reported in a hadith that Imam Bukhari narrated in his book Al-Adab Al-Mufrad and when that hadith was reported and it is authentic as Shaykh Al-Bani said that that hadith is Hassan it is reported that the Prophet said, يحشر الله العباد أو الناس قرواتاً غرلاً بهماً that Allah, he will gather or collect the people يعني on the day of resurrection naked, barefooted, and بهماً قلنا ما بهماً then they said, what is بهماً? what is the meaning of this word? قال ليس معهم شيئاً it means that there will be nothing with them. They will have nothing with them. فَيُنَادِهِمْ بِثَوْتٍ يَسْمَعْهُ مَنْ بَعُدَ And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call out to them and those who are far and those who are near will hear. This is the narration in Al-Adab Al-Mufrad by Imam Al-Bukhari. And in that hadith it becomes clearer the meaning of Buhman. It means لَيْسَ مَعْهُمْ شَيْءٌ That they will be resurrected or they will be collected on the day of resurrection in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naked, barefooted, uncircumcised having nothing with them فَيُنَادِهِمْ بِسَوْتٍ يَسْمَعُهُ مَنْ بَعُدَ كَمَا يَسْمَعُهُ مَنْ قَرُبَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call out Allah will call out with a voice بِسَوْتٍ with a voice that would be heard by those who are far as well as it would be heard by those who are near and he would say أَنَا الْمَلِكِ أَنَا الْدَيَّانِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that I am the king I am the recompenser, the one who will recompense all of the creature's deeds. Here Al-Imam Ibn Qudam says, رَوَهُ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ وَاسْتَشْحَدَ بِهِ الْبُخَارِ There has been reported by the Imams, the Imams of Hadith, and it has also been used as a supporting evidence, as a secondary evidence by Al-Imam Al-Bukhari. He mentioned it in his Sahih, in his book, The Sahih Al-Bukhari, but without a complete chain, مُعَلَّقًا يعني with part of the chain removed from the end that is closest to him some of the narrators are removed and Al-Bukhari sometimes used to do so for various different reasons in any case it is clear that he didn't intend this as a primary yeah, I mean one of the primary hadith of his book 
but that hadith it is declared to be hasan it is a hasan or good hadith as Shaykh al-Bani mentioned in a number of places including al-adab al-mufrad the last point that Al-Imam al-Qadama mentions in this chapter point number 25 as a proof of the speech of Allah as a characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a report which uh, is not confirmed or established is not a confirmed or established report that we would rely upon and there is no need and alhamdulillah we have already mentioned so many proofs from the Quran and proofs from the authentic sunnah in any case it is part of the text of the book so we are mentioning it في الآثار, that is mentioned in some narrations or reports أن موسى عليه السلام ليلة رأى النار فهالته ففزع منها that one night موسى عليه السلام saw the fire and it terrified him terribly and he hastened away from it frightened فناداه ربه then Allah, then his Lord called out to him ناداه ربه النداء it means to call out loud I mean someone that's not near to you, not like speaking to someone who's close to you. He called out to him, فَنَادَاهُ رَبُّهُ يَا مُوسَى He said, Oh Musa, فَأَجَابَ سَرِيًا إِسْتِئْنَاثًا بِالسَّوْتِ Then Musa answered quickly, being familiar with the voice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, being familiar with that voice, فَقَالَ لَبَيْك لَبَيْك He said, Here I am at your service. Here I am at your service. أَسْمَعُ سَوْتَكْ وَلَا أَرَى مَكَانَكَ I hear your voice but I don't see your place فَأَيْنَ أَنْتَ Where are you? فَقَالَ أَنَا فَوْقُكَ وَأَمَامَكَ وَأَنْ يَمِينِكَ وَأَنْ شِمَالَكَ Then he said I am above you and behind you and to the right of you and to the left of you But as I said before I mentioned this report so that it will not stick in your heads too much it is not authentic فَعَلِمَا أَنَّ هَذِهِ الصِّفَةِ لَا تَنْبَغِي إِلَّا لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى So he came to know that this characteristic or such a description is not due to anyone except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala قَالَ كَذَلِكَ أَنْتَ يَا إِلَهِ Then he said, just like this, it is so, you are just like this uh, Oh my God أَفَكَلَامُكَ أَسْمَعُ أَفَكَلَامَكَ أَسْمَعُ أَمْ كَلَامَ رَسُولِكَ Then Musa alayhi salam is reported to have said is it your speech that I hear or is it the speech of your messenger? قَالَ بَلَا كَلَامِي يَا مُوسَى He said indeed it is my speech O Musa. mentioned this report as a proof or as a supporting evidence of the confirmation of the sifa or the characteristic of Al-Kalam for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but it is not a confirmed report and therefore we rely on those confirmed evidences from the Quran and authentic sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa uh, before going to the next chapter, we want to briefly mention some of the comments of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen in his commentary or explanation of our essay, Numat al-Atiqad, in which he has discussed some points related to this particular issue. And he says here, Al-Imam or Shaykh Muhammad, Hafidhullah, can someone speak to this brother? See what he means. He says, As-Sifa al-Khamisa Aishara al-Kalam. That the fifteenth characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which we have mentioned, it is al-Kalam, speech. Al-Kalam 
speech, it is a characteristic, it is one of the confirmed characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an as well as in the Sunnah and the Ijma' or consensus of the Salaf, the first generation of the Muslims or the early generation of the Muslims. It is confirmed by Ijma' as well as by Sunnah and as well in the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Qur'an. Then the Shaykh mentions some of those evidences that are mentioned in the text of the book and then he makes some comments. From amongst them is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nisa chapter 4 verse 164 that Allah spoke to Musa with real speech. And also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 253 that from amongst them is he whom Allah spoke to and also Allah raised some of them up in degrees, meaning the prophets and messengers. From amongst them is he whom Allah spoke to, and also amongst them are those whom Allah raised up degrees. Then the Shaykh says, the saying of the Prophet wasallam that if Allah intends to reveal any matter, then he speaks by revelation. That he speaks by revelation. This is the confirmation of speech for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reported by Al-Imam Ibn Khuzayma and Al-Imam Ibn Jarir Al-Tabari the Imam of the scholars of Tafsir and the great scholar of Hadith Ibn Abi Hatim Al-Razi and thirdly after mentioning these ayats and this Hadith he mentions that it is agreed upon by consensus of the first generations of the Muslims affirming speech as a characteristic for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore it is obligatory on us to also affirm it without tahrif, without distorting its meaning, without ta'atil, without emptying it of meaning or negating its meaning, without taqeef, without trying to explain how it is or asking how it is, and without tamthil, making examples for it, and as well without tashbih or making comparisons for the characteristics of Allah, comparing them to anything of the characteristics of His creatures. Even though the creatures speak but the speech of the creatures cannot be compared to the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, it is kalam haqiqi yaliku billah, it is real speech that is suitable and fitting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of the heavens and earth, the supreme, the most high. And he says also concerning this speech, يَتَعَلَّقْ بِمَشِيَتِهِ بِحُرُوفٍ وَأَسْوَاتٌ مَسْمُوعًا That it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is connected to his will, to his Mashiach. And it is by huruf, letters, letters, and aswat masmu'ah, and voice that is heard. The speech of Allah is in letters, and it is also voice or sound that is heard. Concerning that the speech of Allah is connected to the will of Allah, the Mashiach of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the irada of Allah, it is based on the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, verse 143, وَلَمَّا جَاءَ مُوسَى لِمِيقَاتِنَا كَلَّمَهُ رَبُّهُ That when Musa السلام, came to our meeting place, or our appointed time, لِمِيقَاتِنَا When he came there, to that place, and that time, there was a point about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَكَلَّمَهُ رَبُّهُ And his Lord spoke to him. Here the Shaykh says, 
that was speaking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't take place until after Musa alayhi salam came to the appointed place and at the appointed time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set the speech took place at that time only at that time and this is a proof that the speech of Allah is connected to Allah's will that Allah speaks when he wills yani Allah appointed a place and time for Musa to meet him and when Allah willed that's when he spoke to him at the appointed place and time that he had said this is the proof that the speech of Allah is connected to his will uh, here the two other points the haruf and the south or letters and voice the shaykh mentions the proof for them afterwards but here he mentions those who differed from the ahl sunnah wal jama'ah concerning this matter of kalam the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from amongst those who differed or opposed the ahl sunnah wal jama'ah concerning this there are many groups there are many groups who deviated he said here I will mention two of them here he mentions the Jahmiyyah and the Ash'ariyah the first of them, the first group, the Jahmiyyah they said concerning the speech of Allah لَيْسَ الْكَلَامِ مِنْ صِفَاتِ اللَّهِ وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ خَلْقٌ مِنْ مَخْلُوقَاتِ اللَّهِ يَخْلُقُهُ اللَّهِ فِي الْحَوَى أَوْ فِي الْمَحَلِ الَّذِي يُسْمَعُ مِنْهُ وَإِضَافَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ إِضَافَةُ الْخَلْقِ أَوْ تَشْرِيفِ مثل ناقة الله وبيت الله ونرد عليهم بما يليه. He said the Jahmiyyah said that speech is not one of the sifat of Allah. It is not a characteristic of Allah that He speaks. It is not a characteristic of Allah that He speaks. This is the Jahmiyyah. And they said that actually this speech it is a creation. خَلْقٌ مِنْ مَخْلُوقَاتِ الله. It is a creation that Allah created. One of His creatures. It is something that Allah created. That He creates in the air in mid-air somewhere Allah created it in the air or in some particular place where it's heard from Allah created it there and the people hear it as for attributing this speech to Allah they said the ayat in Quran or hadith where it has been attributed as the speech of Allah that Allah spoke they said in fact really this is only a manner of attributing or describing that speech as a creation of Allah since Allah created it they call it Allah's speech this is their explanation of the speech being attributed to Allah they said it is only because it is one of his his creations something that he created or they said perhaps the meaning of it is it is a way of honoring that speech showing it that it has some special honor so it is mentioned as the speech of Allah or in fact they said it is not Allah's speech that it is not a part of Allah but it is a creature that Allah created and the Bayt Allah, the house of Allah, the Haram and Mecca or the Bayut of Allah, the Masajid that they are not part of Allah but they are something that Allah created they said so also the speech of Allah here has such a meaning but we say to them simply that when any thing, any created thing has been attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani it, it shows that Allah is the creator of it and Allah is the possessor of it or Allah is the master over it so when we say Allah, it means that, that it is that uh, it is a manner of saying that it is one of Allah's creatures or that which Allah controls or possesses which may also sometimes be used as a means of honoring as it is in the, in the case of the Al-Masjid Al-Haram the Bayt Allah it is honored above all other houses on the earth and this is a means of honor but when a characteristic or a description has been attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not a physical thing in the creation 
then that thing, it is in fact of the sifat of Allah, such as Allah's seeing, Allah's hearing, or Allah's face, or Allah's hands, or in this case, the speech of Allah. It means that these things, they are actually the sifat of Allah and they are not created. Here the Shaykh says, we refute them with the following. First we say, number one, that their interpretation of this description of the kalam of Allah as being other than one of his characteristics, this is in contradiction to the consensus or the ijma' of the first generations of the Muslims. Yani it was something agreed upon by the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and those who came up to them following their way, it was agreed upon by them that the speech of Allah is really a sifat or a character, a of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and therefore their statement is in contradiction to the ijma'. It is in contradiction to the consensus. Number two, it is also contrary or in contradiction to that which is known even by our intellect. Yani it's, it's not even uh, yani rationally acceptable, their statement. Because speech and kalam, it is a sifr of a speaker. Yani when, any, when you hear anyone say that there was a speech or someone spoke, then you know that that is a characteristic of somebody or something that was speaking. Yani kalam is a characteristic that has to be attributed to a speaker, whatever or whoever that speaker may be. And there is no such thing as speech that's just independent on its own. It's not, there's no speaker who is speaking it, but it's just speech by itself. This is not even rational. Now there is speech separated or independent of a speaker. And therefore the speech of Allah also has to be attributed to the speaker, to a speaker, and that speaker is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Number three, also we refute them with the ayah in Surah Al-Taha, chapter 20, verse 14, uh, that Musa alayhi salam heard Allah. Musa alayhi salam heard Allah saying, Innani an Allah, that verily I am Allah. Innani, this is here, the noon here, Innani, it means I. And then he repeated again, Ana, to emphasize that he himself is the one, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one speaking, Innani ana Allah, that verily I, I am Allah. La ilaha illa ana. There is nothing that should be worshipped except me. Fa'abudni. So worship me. How many times in this short ayat Allah has mentioned himself? Innani. Verily I. Ana Allah. I am Allah. La ilaha illa ana. There is nothing that should be worshipped except me. Fa'abudni. So worship me. In one ayat, in just a few words, Allah has mentioned himself four times. To show for, for sure that what Musa heard is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is impossible that any creature or anything or anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have said such speech. The second group of those who deviated, uh, of the major groups who deviated is Al-Ashariya. And they said that the speech of Allah, it is ma'ana qa'iman bi nafsihi. Yani it is just some meaning. The speech of Allah that's referred to in the Quran and Sunnah, whenever speech is attributed to Allah, they said it is just meaning that is self-independent. It is self-independent, not attached or connected to anything or anyone. لا يتعلق بمشيئته It's not connected to Allah's will. Then they said that these letters and these sounds or voice that is heard, it is merely a creation. مَخْلُوقَةٌ لِتَعْبِيرَ عَنَ الْمَعَنَى الْقَائِمْ بِنَفْسِ اللَّهِ يعني it is something that is created as an expression of the meaning that is with Allah يعني if Allah has some meaning within himself 
that sound that you heard is something that Allah created as an expression of what? Of the meaning that is in itself. So even this speech is so philosophical that it's difficult to understand what they are trying to say. Uh, in any case, the Shaykh says that this also, this interpretation is refuted and we refute it with the following points. Number one, that it is in contradiction to the ijma of the Salaf. Also, their interpretation is in contradiction to the consensus of the first generations of the Muslims. Number two, <coughs> it is in contradiction to the evidences or the proofs, many of which we have mentioned from the Quran as well as from the Sunnah, <coughs> because the proofs indicate that the speech of Allah has been heard. So many of these ayahs from the Quran and Hadith of the Prophet prove that the speech of Allah is heard, heard by the angels, heard by the prophets, and it will be heard by the believers on Yom Qiyamah. The speech of Allah is something heard. And there is nothing that can be heard except that it is a sound or a voice. Yani, if the speech of Allah is heard, then it must be sound. It must be something that is heard. And you don't hear some meaning, something that is just a meaning that is self-independent existing in the air alone. You don't hear a meaning. But you hear a voice or you hear the sounds that come from a speaker. Therefore, their interpretation is also contradictory to the many evidences which show that the speech of Allah is heard and anything that is heard is a sound or a voice and therefore this cannot be attributed to a meaning or a concept that's just uh, existing independently in and of itself. Finally and thirdly, the Shaykh says that also we refute them by saying uh, that this is also in contradiction to that which is well known or what we understand from speech because when, we, when the speech is mentioned in the Quran and in the Sunnah and when anyone speaks and talks up or mentions speech as a characteristic the first thing that comes to our mind is that there is someone, a speaker who is speaking if somebody said, I heard a speech, then you have to imagine that there is a speaker who was speaking in order for that speech to be produced. But you don't imagine that if somebody said they heard some speech, that it was just an idea or a thought or a feeling within someone that they kept within their self. If somebody has an idea within their self, perhaps you are thinking of something right now. We don't say that the idea or the feeling you have within your side of your, inside of yourself is speech. We don't call this speech. Although, kalam al-nafs or hadith al-nafs is something that is referred to in a particular way. It is sometimes called the ideas or the thoughts that someone keeps within themselves. is sometimes called hadith al-nafs. But it is only called speech when it has also been described specifically as the speech that is within a person. And it is called hadith and nafs Yani the speech that a person talks uh, within their self or that they think about within their self. Otherwise, when someone says that they heard a speech or they heard some speech or someone spoke, then we understand it means something that is heard, not the ideas that is within the self, as the Ash'ariya try to say, that it is an idea or a meaning that Allah has within himself and then he created something in the air to represent or to express that meaning within himself. And this is contrary to what is understood by speech. Finally, the Shaykh says, <coughs> concerning the speech of Allah subhanahu wa he said that it is connected to the will of Allah, that he speaks whenever he wills, and it is also with huruf, letters, and aswat, masmua, sound that is heard. The proof that the speech of Allah contains letters is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Taha, 
chapter 20 verse 11 and 12 ya musa inni ana rabbuk o musa inni verily i ana i am rabbuka your lord this speech these words are composed of letters and this is the speech of allah yeah, and this is allah speaking saying ya musa it was allah who said ya musa and it was allah who said inni ana rabbuk verily i am your lord and this this speech of allah contains letters therefore we say the ahl sunnah say that the speech of allah contains letters uh, also that allah's speech is heard that it is sound that is heard the proof of this is the saying of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah maryam chapter 19 verse 52 wanadaynahu min janib at-tur al-ayman that we called out to him from the right side of at-tur the mountain of at-tur wa qarrabnahu najiyan that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we called out to him to musa from the right side of at-tur the mountain of tur and we brought him near to us najiyan for a private talk yani two types of speech are mentioned here an-nida or calling out and al-munajat yani speaking to someone who is close to you one of them is the speech that is spoken to someone who is far away calling out to them an-nida and the other one is the speech of someone who is near to you al-munajat that you speak yani to someone who is close both of these have been described in one ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first called out to Musa from far away and then he brought him near and spoke to him al-munajat yani speaking to someone who is near here the shaykh says al-nida and al-munajat yani calling out and speaking to someone who is near it does not take place except by a voice that something which is heard and then he mentions the hadith of Abdullah ibn Anis which we already mentioned radiyallahu anhu from the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that Allah will collect or gather up the creatures and he will call out to them fayunadihim bisawtin with a voice he will call out to them with a voice yasma'uhu man ba'da kama yasma'uhu man qarba and those who are near would hear it and likewise those who are far would hear it and he will say ana al-malik i am the king ana al-dayyan i am the recompenser Allah will say these words and those who are near would hear him and those who are far would hear him and this is also a proof that it is in fact speech that is heard here Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen mentions that Al-Imam al-Bukhari has mentioned this hadith in the Sahih ta'alikan ta'alikan means that the isnad or the chain of narrators is incomplete from the side of the narrator of the hadith yani from the, the one who collected the hadith Al-Imam al-Bukhari and some of the uh, narrators his sheikh or his sheikh sheikh two or three or so many of them have been deleted and here he says it has been mentioned the siga tamrid which is a technical term which usually suggests that there is a defect in that hadith but al-imam al-hafiz ibn hajj al-asqalani in fath al-bari also commented that al-imam bukhari mentioned this hadith twice one time the siga tamrid which suggests that the chain of narrative is daif and another time with a uh, expression that is understood that it is i mean acceptable it is strong in any case that hadith has been uh, reported in a number of places and it is indeed a good or hasan hadith uh, the last comments of the shaykh and this is what we will stop with um, when he says here completing that previous point he says that this has been reported by the author that is al-bukhari in another of his books 
that is Al-Adab, Al-Mufrad, and it has also been reported in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed, and it has also been reported in the Musnad of Abu Ya'la, Rahimahumullah, uh, and he also mentioned two other istads or chains of narratives for this hadith. Finally, the Shaykh says that the speech of Allah uh, is qadim and now hadith al-ahad, yani, that as speech, as a characteristic, it is ancient with Allah always. And uh, it is also another type of speech is when Allah speaks whenever He wills from time to time. This is called Yani, no speech, yani, when Allah speaks to anyone at any particular time uh, as He wills. The meaning of Qadim and Naw, yani, as a type, it is ancient, as a, as a characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to speak and always did speak, and He will always be a speaker. Yani, it doesn't mean that Allah at some point spoke. After, there was a time when he didn't speak. But whenever Allah spoke, we do not say that he began a certain time speaking, but Allah always was described with this characteristic of speaking. Uh, and also it says the meaning of hadith al-ahad, yani that Allah speaks sometimes with individual specific speech from time to time. It means that there is particular special speech that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks with, and it is related to his mashia or his will, that he speaks whenever he wills, and he speaks or says whatever he wills and he speaks in the way however he wills yani that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks whenever he wills saying whatever he wills and in any way that he wills this is the end of what the shaykh says and the next chapter that we will cover bi'ithnillahi ta'ala is the chapter entitled Al-Qur'an Kalam Allah that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah specifically as opposed to speech of the general characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the next chapter Imam Ibn Qudama mentions that Al-Qur'an Kalamullah that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah and most of the scholars said we say the Qur'an is Kalamullah Ghayr Masluq the Qur'an is the speech of Allah and it is not created Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk there is a question here from the sisters question on point number 25 I am above you in front of you on your right and on your left does this not conflict with the fact that Allah is on the kursi is above the arsh not the kursi uh, I mean uh, only above this seems to imply he is everywhere Jazakallah khair as we said this particular report it was mentioned in the book in the text of the book and therefore we mentioned it but it is not authentic before I read it First, not after, as we normally mention after, but today I mentioned it before, so that we will be aware that what I'm about to read is not authentically reported. It is not authentic. Uh, and it does suggest that Allah is everywhere, um, and we know that Allah is not everywhere, as we mentioned, or as Imam Ibn Qudayma mentioned last week, that Allah ascended above the throne, so we know that Allah is above His throne. He is not everywhere. and. I mean, it simply is a description that came in an unreliable and unauthentic report. Tayyip. Is there any comment or question or correction from what we discussed this evening? Yes, brother. <laughs>